Hi, I'm Shelly. And I'm Cam. And this is Translating ADHD. Last week, we talked about avoidance, and we talked a lot about what's happening down in the valleys in the limbic system when we are in avoidance. Today, we're going to turn our attention the other direction and talk about what happens, what is that barrier that gets put up that keeps us from getting to action? So this is literally the gap between our awareness and the ability to get to action. And this is a really big subject. And so this is probably going to be a multi-part episode, meaning we're probably going to talk about this for more than just this week. But Cam, where do you want to dig in here? Where I want to dig in, I, I think this is a great example of how ADD shows up and it's so hard to see. The last week we talked about avoidance and we can be so effective and creative in avoidance that my beef is that, again, we talked about procrastination. There's sort of an absence of when we think of it in terms of procrastination, when there's anything but an absence of activity, there's a plethora of activity in our avoidance. We're creative. We're effective in that avoidance. And there's a lot of drama there. It's compelling. It's interesting. It has our attention. And it pulls us away from the actual dilemma. So we were talking last week about Project X. You've got this project that's really important. And you do all kinds of, we do all kinds of gyrating, of doing uh, Y and Z and even, even make up projects A and B and never get to that X for some reason. And so it's more than just avoidance. It's a perfect opportunity to tether the manifestation up on the slopes of Rainier, above the lunch counter, of what is really going on. And so these just complement each other so nicely here. If we're going to look at avoidance, if we're going to look at answering our grand unifying question of why is it that I don't do what I know I ought to do, that we have to look at this gap. And the gap we're talking about is the gap between, as you said, between this awareness state, this place of stasis, standing still, and getting into action. So this is activating for task. And it is. It's a big one that we're going to spend some time on. So when I think about activation, I'm thinking about Brown's model and his six constructs, which is activation, emotion, energy, focus, memory, and action. And so activation has its own construct. It has its own category. And yet, when we think about activating for a task, it really draws on all six. This is one of these activities that really pulls on the executive function portion of the brain. And so we're down in avoidance. We're down in manifestation. What's going on above the lunch counter is really an absence of activation. And you and I refer to this as an awareness engagement gap. There's a gap here that when you go to throw that switch, when you go to push that button, when you go to engage, is like Jean-Luc Picard, right? Engage. It doesn't happen. It's like that Millennium Falcon that doesn't go to warp speed or hyperspace. You know, sorry, Star Trek, Star Wars fan. <laughs> Wow, okay. no, I'm not going to get it, even though I have a story, you know, when Star Wars theme was playing on NPR and I was driving into my I was bringing the X-Wing into the hangar 
and forgot my road bike was on the top of my car and just ripped it off the top of my car. So, I, you know, I was there in 77 and saw the original Star Wars. I was going to say, one of us was alive when the original movies was released. <laughs> when the original movies were released. Really? It's not you me. Alive? You alive? <laughs> 84, Cam, 84. 84. Oh, my goodness. I, have, I can tell you a lot about 84. I digress. So, anyway, Brown's model is really relevant here because it's activation is pulling on all the areas that we know are compromised by ADHD. I'll go back to my own experience. It was, it was around 2004 when I learned my big learning about completion. Listeners, it was my wife who said, hey, you're not working. I'm like, yes, I am. I'm like, no, there's no money in the bank, right? And this was when I just hung out my coaching shingle. And I think I was making $400 a month. Try living on that. So I had an awareness that I wasn't completing. I wasn't finishing what I needed to finish. I could start, but I would often start these things that were, again, project Y and Z, but not project X, the one that really mattered. So as I'm kind of discovering these areas of challenge, there were really three areas for me. And it's part of our model of coaching is that these are the three areas that impact people with ADD. ADHD makes us unaware. It keeps us in a state of pre-contemplation. We don't know what we don't know. It makes us disengage or not engage. So we'll engage and go off the tracks or the train will never leave the station. And then once we get the train going, we'll often not go where we want to go to a destination that we predetermined. So those three areas were a learning for me. And as I learned about the fact that I wasn't completing stuff, I also had a big awareness that I wasn't starting. I wasn't starting and somehow I wasn't activating for task. And for many years, I was tied up in the drama of the avoidance of, oh, I should maybe go in this direction or this direction, that I thought the meandering river was the way to go. I don't want to, I just, I'm just going to go for the shiny object. And so it was not until I realized this gap between this awareness state and getting into action. The train standing still versus the train going along. Most of us with ADD struggle with that, of activating for task. There's also those with high energy who are, the train's always going and it's the ability to hit the right switch to take a direction we want to go in. So those are the two manifestations that that happen here. So this is real. This is very real, and this gets lost in our experience of not starting. The avoidance, the shame, the guilt, the inner critic that is filling our head, and we're missing this thing that's missing, the mechanism for going from standing still into some kind of action. Cam, I'm glad you said that, that this is what we're so often missing, because Finding out what's going on in the limbic system first for our clients, whether it's that strong avoidance or something else, is important. It is an important part of looking forward and moving forward, being able to notice that emotion, notice when they're down in the valleys and name it. But then the work becomes, how do we get to the action? What is standing in the way? What is the obstacle here? And Oftentimes, it's not what we think. It's not that we're not able to or we're not motivated to. 
there's something else there. My client example from last time with the hard emails is an example of something else that was there that was not visible to her before. Yeah, it can be something that's not visible. We talked before about the knowledge gap. There's a couple different things that are at play that come into play and how this can play out. And, and again, you'll hear it from us, right? That your AE gap, this gap between awareness and engaging, it's going to be unique to you. This is why the Rainier model works so well. And oh, Shelly, I'm so excited. Do you know what I discovered this morning? What's that? There's a rainforest on the slopes of Mount Rainier. Oh. Oh, yes. A temperate rainforest. Do you know why this is relevant? I bet you're going to tell me why. (laughs) (laughs) Because it really plays into a way that ADHD can manifest. That when we talk about activation, we want to talk about two things that I see with my clients. And that is transitioning, transitioning from a standing still state into moving. So it's kind of an inertia dilemma and overwhelm. So, so many productivity gurus will say, you know, we'll eat the frog first or just do it. Or David Allen will talk about, you know, you have to differentiate between the next action and a successful outcome. Activating for task, again, is multifaceted. It is around that mechanism for starting, but also we need to know where we're going. The focus, there's focus. There's a a large emotional component of sort of seeing yourself at that destination, at success. What does it feel like? What does it look like? How has your life changed? That's impacted by ADHD too, with our working memory and our glitchy focus. That what happens is it's not like we're sitting there and we're not just doing. We're in the depths of a deep, dark rainforest. There are temperate rainforests on the West Coast above San Francisco where there are pockets of redwoods and they're so impenetrable. Like they clear cut everything up there, but there were pockets they couldn't get to. And I read a book about these guys who were trying to find the tallest tree. It was really fascinating because you think by now they know the tallest redwood in the world, but the problem was getting in. And these guys, it was like getting in there. It was just all these trees crisscrossed. You get in there, it's dark, it's disorienting. And they could be standing next to one of the, these giant trees that are over 350 feet tall, and they wouldn't know it because they're right up against it. And that's how we are down in the depths of Mount Rainier when we go to this Carbon River rainforest area. It's really packed in. It's dark. It's disorienting. It's overwhelming. We don't know a way forward, which way to turn. What's our first step? And it's tied into emotion. It's tied into focus. It's tied into activation. And I want you to know, listener, this gap is real. Look past the avoidance and you want to move into looking at what makes that gap real for you. Cam, I think this is a great place to throw in an example from one of my clients of what his gap looked like in one particular area. 
and why it was so confusing for him. I love this example because I think it highlights how complex what's going on in this gap can be for us. I love the visual of the redwoods and the density here talking about that. Yes. And I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm looking over at Shelly and I'm emphatically interrupting because I'm going to put in a rant here is thank you for that word, complex and density. It's a, it's a, has a complexity to it, a density to it, where all the literature, most of the literature is not about, you know, tethered to all these dependencies. Our high associative who's weighing and considering all these different things, mounting expectation, mounting pressure. We're trying, we're trying, and it's not happening. And it's this from the outside, it looks like, oh, kind of less brain activity, less interest. That's BS. We are in there with our machetes hacking away, but there's only so much we can do when we're down in the depths, in the density, in the complexity, in the darkness, without this ability to really take a step and know that we're taking a step in the right direction. Back to you. Well, thanks, Cam. And I appreciate that rant because that's something that I speak on often to neurotypical audiences is what it's really like to be in ADHD brains and how frustrating it is that so much of what's out there is behavior focused. And the behavior in this instance can look like low motivation or procrastination or lack of caring. And it's none of those things. So this particular client is a front-end software developer and he loves problem solving. He loves being creative with code. He's the guy that will go in and break code just to see what happens. He's the guy that will look for the innovative solution just because it's more fun than taking the path that is already known. But he came to me a while back for a coaching session where he was just stuck on a problem. And this had happened to him before, but he couldn't figure out what was the difference between this problem or this type of problem And the other problems that I come up against on a daily basis, because I love problem solving. That is a big part of my strength in my work. So the first thing we discovered is that for him, there was a knowledge gap here, which is common in the field of software development. It changes and evolves so quickly that no one person can retain everything they need to know to be a software developer. But here he is standing against this knowledge gap. And we start to talk about the knowledge gap. And he realizes that when he's come across this problem before, this gap between awareness and action, it has been because of a knowledge gap. And so then what happens? Well, his associative processor comes in and is pulling in all of the different things that he needs to know. Because this is not a small knowledge gap. This is a ravine, okay? So it's pulling in all of the different things he needs to know, spider webbing out because he does love innovative uses of code. So ruminating outward, perhaps in ways that aren't useful. And what he's left with is not knowing where to start. And that's what we figured out for him is the gap for him was when he came up against this knowledge gap, the way in which his brain tried to process through that knowledge gap would overwhelm him more not less. And it would cause him to freeze because he didn't know which direction to go. 
He didn't know what was important, what was not important, and where to take the first step toward resolving the problem at hand. So we have overwhelm, we have freezing, we have a lot of frustration, some confusion. This is what I excel at. Why am I struggling here? It's a great example. And I'll add to that another manifestation. I think this goes back to, we don't like to be in dark places. No one likes to be in an uncomfortable place. So then what do we do? When we can't find that missing behavior, that missing lever to activate for task and move forward, to get that train going, to get momentum, uh, we're going to act out. We're going to avoid. We're going to distract. This is back to DAM. So that avoidant behavior, that going on a tangent and going to find something, but again, getting into a deeper area of overwhelm, pulling in that, that information. I have a name for some guys I call why guys, where they will justify research. If you're one of those, it's like, you're really protective of your research time. You may want to look at that. You may want to look at that as that you are, again, coming up against this AE gap, this gap between awareness and engagement. And it's just a kind of a maladaptive behavior that it's like, oh, I got to, I'm going to go research that. I'm going to go find out more, find out more, find out more. So there's that high associative interest, shiny object, perfection, expectations are getting ratcheted up. I just need more information. I just need more information. That coming back around to this place, to sit in this place of a little bit of discomfort. And I want to talk about that next. Is that all right, Shelly? Absolutely. But before you do, I want to say something about your why guys, because I've had those clients too. I love that terminology. I'll be borrowing it in the future. But I've had clients that have that on board too. And those are the clients who struggle with indecision. So here is a totally different thing that was not in my previous client example that stands in that gap for those clients is indecision and the inability to commit to a decision. So instead of committing to a decision and moving forward, more research, more research in the hopes that a decision will magically appear or that it will self-resolve. You know, there's some magical thinking in the background there that just a little more research will resolve it so that they don't have to make the hard choice. And sometimes it's not even really a hard choice, right? I've had clients do this on minutia, you know, on purchases that in the grand scheme of things may not matter that much. So we've really got to get down into what is it for them that puts them in such indecision. Right. There's one more manifestation that I, I don't want to leave out. It's those high energy folks who are, again, because they're not able to activate on what they want to activate on, like, again, this Project X, what they do is they go to high engagement, high action, but in a completely different area. And it feels like they're working. I had those days. I had those days where I was like, man, this is good. I'm working. I'm engaged. I'm engaged. But it wasn't adding up to meaningful completions that I could eventually. I had opened a business. I had to take it to the bank. I had to take my goods to the market and, and my, little, my little wagon kept losing a wheel or going off on little, you know, off to the side. So don't despair. 
you know, here we are building up this thing and it's horrible and awful and, you know, lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. But we wouldn't be here if there wasn't a way forward. So this is the interesting thing is if you're down in the depths of some place and it's dark and it's disorienting and you don't know which way to go, find a tree you can climb. Again, you don't have to climb the biggest tree, but to get up and get some altitude to look and see where you are, to orient yourself. I found it was really hard for me to do this without conversing with others. We've said this last week and the week before, getting out of our own heads to be able to get up and look around, get oriented what's relevant, what matters, and to get out of this kind of dark place. The thing that I find is that with transitions, we see it as this sort of massive wall. And I'm going to say it's often, it's more of a place in time, and it only lasts a few minutes. If you can break through this pain portal, it's a pain portal. We have a pain response to trying to get into action. But if you can break through that portal, you can find a way to get to meaningful engagement. You can withstand that pain of that inertia of standing still and getting going. It's sort of jamming that gear into first or second gear to get the vehicle going. Next week, we're going to talk more about this pain portal and ways to move through it. Because when we get through it to the other side, that's where success is. I can't wait to dive into this more next week, Cam, but I want our listeners to know that there is opportunity here this week too, even though we're sort of ending in the pain portal or on the wrong side of the pain portal, as it were. Did I say that? (laughs) (laughs) We're all good. We're all good. (laughs) And Cam, you said it so perfectly. It's finding the tree you can climb. So that conversation with my client, that got us to knowledge gap, didn't start with knowledge gap. He did not have that awareness that that is what was there for him. It started with avoidance and the avoidance of the task at hand. And then it continued by looking at other similar tasks that he had trouble with avoiding and what was the pattern there and what was going on and built up to it's a knowledge gap. And the knowledge gap revelation, and we'll talk about this next week, is what ultimately led us to what worked for that client, what allowed him to bypass the pain portal in the future because he had that new awareness. Same thing with my client, the hard emails. It didn't start with hard emails. It started with reactive mode. So it didn't even start in avoidance. It started in reactive mode with I'm reacting to, reacting to, reacting to the newest emails. So we started there and talked about reacting to the newest emails, which eventually led us to hard emails. I react to easy emails in avoidance of the hard emails. But we didn't even start with avoidance. We started with reactive mode, found hard emails, which helped us find the avoiding behavior. And then we knew we needed to turn our attention toward hard emails. So it's a cumulative process of awareness over time that gets you closer to those big ahas, to your 
knowledge gap or your hard emails that will help you find the path forward. And that's the opportunity this week is what is the tree that you can climb around what you're not getting to, around the thing that you know you ought to do or you want to do, but you're still not getting there. So this last week was a big week for me, and this is a big time for me. It's a big time for us. We're doing stuff that we're wanting to do. It's not by accident. This goes back to this theme of creating a meaningful workday, is that ultimately we want to be in the driver's seat. We want to be pulling the levers. And I will tell you, you can get there. You can get there that you can solve these dilemmas, these puzzles, finding a way over this AE gap and discovering and identifying meaningful completions. And along with that, sort of what really matters. We did an episode on this, Shelley, right? Of doing what matters, really doing high impact work. This why, this element around what matters to you and engaging there because that's where real motivation comes from. That's where fulfillment comes from. And so there is a way we wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't possible. So yeah, more about this next week for sure. Okay. So if you like what we're doing here on the show, the number one way you can help us out is to leave a review wherever you listen. This helps other people find the show. And we have been noticing that since we've been asking you to do this, many of you have answered the call. You've left wonderful reviews for us, and we thank you so much. It is so nice for us to know that we are hitting the mark when we read your reviews. That makes a difference, not just for people to find our show, but for us too, because we want to know that we're hitting the mark with you guys, that this is making sense, that this is resonating, and this is helpful content. So thank you to those of you who have left reviews. And if you haven't done that yet and you have the bandwidth to do it, we would so appreciate it. Another way you can support the show is by becoming a patron. Visit the website, translatingadhd.com. Click on the Patreon link in the upper right-hand corner. For $5 a month, you can join our Discord community where we discuss episodes with our listeners and where listeners have really started to form this wonderful community of accountability, mutual support, and a space where they can do their own translating work with people who are listening and helping them figure out what's going on for them in a coach-like way. It's so cool. So cool. So until next week, I'm Shelly. And I'm Cam. And this was Translating ADHD. Thanks for listening.